It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day, everyone. Welcome to our FIFA World Cup live stream on the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today, we will be previewing the big one, the third place playoff. (laughs) <laughs> and the final, <laughs> which are uh, Argentina and France being the final and Croatia versus Morocco for the third place playoff. Uh, yeah, as always, guys, please send through any questions, any comments you've got throughout the stream and we'll uh, show them up on the screen and try and answer as many of them as possible. Only a couple of games to get through today. So, um, yeah, we've got a little bit more time to get through some of those questions if you do have them. On the top right of your screen, joining me today is George Gamble. How are you, mate? Yeah, doing well. I was just saying to you off air how cold it is. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people watching based in the UK will appreciate how cold it is. Uh, I'm, I'm rubbish when it comes to conversions. But uh, no, here it's yeah, minus five degrees Celsius. So it's just, it's bitter. And I'm absolute. I said to you earlier, I said I was Baltic. And you're like, what, what are you talking about? No, I just it's you, you said it in a way that I didn't know. It's just your accent, <laughs> mate. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I have heard the word Baltic Not before. Me. I actually quite enjoy that one. I brought it back to Australia with me, so it's uh, no, it's, yeah. no, I do enjoy that word. Um, and also joining us, Paul from Fanning the Line, mate. Don't give us this Fahrenheit crap, mate. How many Celsius is it where you are? There's no clue. I'd be able to. T- I, I, I would have no clue <laughs> about any Celsius. <laughs> Fahrenheit. I mean, who who invented that? It's just standard Americans just trying to be different, isn't it? Welcome to the show, mate. (laughs) Feeling warm and welcome. (laughs) Cold and unwelcome. Um, All right, fellas, what do we think of the... I'll start with you, Paul. What did you think of the... We'll start with the Argentina game. What did you think of the... Yeah, Argentina versus Croatia. I thought... Argentina looked a little vulnerable early on, and then they got that penalty call, which uh, kind of completely changed the game. I mean, completely flipped it on its head. What did you think? Yeah, it, it was a pretty good game. I was, uh, we were in such good shape for like, for like, uh, I think we had Brozovic on the best bet for the passes. We were in such good shape, and then he had a muscle injury, so he came off in like the fifty-something minute. And uh, but we we. Uh, uh, we we got a couple other plays in that game um, from Neil, I think. So that so that was nice. Uh, but it, 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 I I tend to agree with with your uh, assessment. Like I think the game state really changed. Croatia's probably although they scored that goal against Brazil in extra time, and that's probably why it was so surprising um, them coming back from behind and being able to do that against Brazil. They're not really a team that's probably built as much to play from behind um, like a, t- a tied game state for them longer in longer in the game is pr- probably better um, considering like the attacking options they have probably aren't the best in depth, but yeah, it, it, it was an interesting game. Um, but game state pretty much went how, how, how we thought though uh, uh, with Croatia with a decent bit of the possession, obviously that Argentinian uh, early goal helped that. So yeah. Um, this third place game, though, I don't even know what to make of it with them in Morocco. Yeah, we've got our we've got our resident Croatian here, Marinko. He thinks that penalty was bullshit. Did you did you think it was bullshit, Paul? <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't go as far as no. I would not go to bullshit. I mean, I I think it I think it was about right. I mean, it might have been a little soft, but about right probably. 
Yeah, sorry, Marinko, I can't be with you on this one, mate. Uh, <laughs> and and George, <laughs> maybe you want to say something about that, George. <laughs> I think it. I don't think it was a penalty. I'm, oh, I'm you don't. Camp of it. Oh. I don't think it was a penalty. I, I think the Vakovic has got to come out for it. It's it's one of those unfortunate comings together, and I think Argentina were very lucky to get that penalty. However, I know you said obviously it sets the tone for the rest of the game, but for me. I've said it so many times on this podcast, like football's about moments and we saw it even in England, France. France just had the players that were able to capitalise on those key yeah. moments even though they weren't having the best of games. And Argentina had the exact same moments there. Julian Alvarez, obviously being a City fan, he's, he's just phenomenal. And I was kind of wondering before the World Cup who's going to get the nod between him and Lautaro Martinez. And uh, obviously it started off with Martinez, but Alvarez has just taken the World Cup by storm and you know, he was kind of pivotal to a lot of their good work. Obviously, he got quite fortunate with, uh, with one of his goals, obviously, rebound galore. Uh, I saw a friend some of great mine. gifts of that online. Yeah, or a friend of mine put in the group chat, just um, one of them is called Luke, and whenever they play FIFA, he just always gets the lucky rebounds and the other one rage quits every single time. And he's like, that's a typical Luke FIFA goal. And it, and it was <laughs> like, it just got really, really fortunate. But no, like I said, it's all about those key moments. And yeah, the penalty didn't help, but even so, I think with Croatia, yeah, they dominated the game in terms of possession, in terms of shots. But the moments were decided by Argentina and I just, I don't really, I always thought Argentina would beat Croatia. I felt it was just a little bit too far for, for Croatia. I'll go into a bit more detail as to why when we discuss Croatia against Morocco. Um, but no, I, I think it was a more than deserved win for Argentina, regardless of the fact that Croatia, on stats, dominated the ball and had more shots. I think Argentina, in those key moments, were, were just ruthless. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're getting quite a quite a back and forth here about the penalty. I am very much on the side that it was a penalty. Sorry, sorry, Marinko. I just, I don't. Know. I mean, he put himself in that situation. He ran out, and yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, probably depends what side of the fence you're on. But yeah, say, uh, I guess it's I, I, th I think the game state certainly, like to George's point, played into Argentina's hands. Like, and this goes kind of to almost combine both of your points. Like I think the the penalty, whatever you think about the penalty at the start of the game, like that certainly allowed Argentina to not have to possess the ball as much and allowed them to like those right after that first goal, the Croatians immediately came out and started to try to play a little bit more and then bang Argentina is able to hit again on the counter. I think, I think Argentina being able to play off the ball actually really helped them. Um, in the in the, in this game, so yeah, I mean the game the game state I think did help Argentina, regardless of what anybody thinks about the penalty. Yeah, I felt sorry for the Croatians because they got off to such a great mm. start, and then they get the penalty, which is you know fifty fifty whatever you want to call it, and they're like, all right, we're still in the game, we're still playing pretty well, and then they get that Alvarez goal, like just the uh, the rebounds and the ricochets, just God, you got to feel for them. But I mean, Croatia did tremendously well to get that far in the tournament, although it's you know not really going to make them any happier. But yeah, they did well in there. They've uh, they've made their way, way to a third playoff game here. I mean, who else doesn't want to get involved in a little bit of a, a third playoff game here? We've got Croatia at two point three six. I actually think this is kind of a fun game, especially betting wise. You can, uh, in terms of the angles, you can look at it. Uh, yeah, Croatia 2.36, the draw 3.46, Morocco at 3.17, and the Asian handicap is at a quarter of a goal and the over-under at 2.5. Um, well, 
I'll start with you, George. How do you think third playoffs, playoff games in general, do you think we'll see a lot of rotation? Do you think it'll maybe be more of an expansive game? Um, yeah. How do you kind of break Like, Are you looking at this like you would the same way a World Cup final or a semi-final, or are you kind of looking at this with completely different glasses on? Oh, yeah. For me, it's, it's completely different. Um, obviously, they've both got to get over that, you know, the, the difficulties and coming to terms with the setback and the realisation that they weren't, they were so close to coming to a, a World Cup final, but haven't quite made it. And that's a difficult thing to come to get over psychologically. Um, but down the years, you know, this has been quite a fun game. I think 10 of the last 11 of um, the third and fourth place playoff have seen over two and a half goals and plenty of them have had more. I think the exception was uh, Belgium's 2-0 win over England in Russia four years ago. So they're notoriously quite fun fixtures. Um, but kind of looking at it, I mean, I felt for both of these sides, but I also felt it was kind of inevitable. Um, you know, you look at Morocco, they've deserved huge credit for what they've done and their performances, you know, to have beaten Belgium, Spain and Portugal on their way to the last four. You know, that takes some doing. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think both of them are going to be quite downbeat. And obviously, these two played a nil-nil draw in the group stages. So there's quite a lot of different ways that you can look at this game. Um, you know, both of them played really well. But the biggest issue I have with the pair of them is they've got such small squads. You look at Croatia; they've got I mean, obviously Morocco as well. They've essentially got the same nucleus of players starting every single match. So for me, it's only a matter of time before it caught up with them and exacerbated by the fact that between them. Three knockout matches went the distance. It's it's just not sustainable. You can't keep doing that. Um, you look at Croatia's squad. They've used 18 players so far this tournament, but three of those have seen fewer than 75 minutes of action. So to be just relying on 15 players, I, you just, it just, it's not manageable for me. Um, and for me, I think it's remarkable they got as far as they did. Um, prior to the match against France for Morocco, they'd only conceded one goal, and, and that came against Canada. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think they deserve huge recognition for their performances. They did impress me. I just think it was a little bit too much for them in the end. Um, and my other concern with this one, I did originally not like the look of over two and a half goals here, but neither of them are exactly prolific. Um, and looking at both of the, both of them throughout this tournament, they tended to have thrived when they're playing against opposition that are trying to play on the front foot. You look at Morocco against Portugal, they were just able to pick their moments well. And I feel... If they've, if the onus is on them to push a bit, I think they're they're like rabbits in headlights. They're not quite sure. It's unfamiliar territory. They both thrive and they both perform much better when they have to react rather than uh, when they've got to, you know, take the game to their opponents. And so, yeah, and I just, I'm not sure about the intensity here for me. So I did like the look of over two and a half goals, and I'm really sorry to be an absolute bore, but on the first first game, the third and fourth place playoff. It's got to be a no pick for me. I, I just there's too many variables. There's <laughs> no, too many that are, for me to be confident in an actual pick. But it should be a fun game, and I'll certainly be watching it. Um, but yeah, I couldn't back anything confidently. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Paul? Do you think we might see some rotation? I mean, like George said, there's been they've well and truly used their uh, you know starting 11, 15 kind of players. Do you think that we might see some of the other guys in the squad get a go here? Considering that, I mean, I don't know. If I if my team Australia was playing for a third place, like I really wouldn't care if they won or not. Yeah, the first thing I've got written down here is most likely a lineup check for me. Um, it, like I alluded alluded to some of the some of this earlier uh, with Brozovic, like he has that muscle injury, so he'll probably be out. Um, 
that can affect some things from Croatia's perspective, Croatian perspective. The other mids have played essentially the whole tournament. Modric was off a bit and Kovic was, Kovic was off a bit for like the last 15, 20 minutes of a, of a couple games um, when they left Brozovic out, uh, out there. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know exactly what uh, Dalic would be thinking there. So, so it's not one for me to get involved in before, before that happens um, on, on, on like a liquid, market handicap or anything like that like the moroccan defenders are all question marks Agared saiz was a sub in 20 minutes last game Agared's been carrying a knock uh, both the fullbacks hakimi and mesrawi have been carrying knocks so it's, it's just not what i could get involved with either on liquid markets just to think about it a little bit though like for those that are looking to play this game so like over two and a half was at 2.27 in the last game and to George's point, it's shortened up to over two and a half at 1.95. And that's mainly, I think, because of the game state uh, of that third place game that it, it can, it, it, once you get like one, one or two, like it, it can get very loose in those type of games. Um, so, so that's might be something to look at. Um, the, the Croatians are again, minus a quarter at 1.94 uh was last game and now they're at 2.02 so not 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 too much of a move there um but but I, I do have one on the props here um we were unlucky last time i tipped up um Zalem Amala, uh for the tackles and he he didn't start so the bet was void and they came on and he had three tackles in like 20 minutes span of like 20 minutes and yeah i had tipped up like the whole ladder uh, so we, we got a little bit unlucky there. His price is already starting to cave. I tipped it up in my group uh, just a little bit ago. But I'm going to go two plus tackles again for the standard Liege midfielder. It was at 2.67 at 365. Now at, at the offshores, you can get 2.3 still. I really like that. But at 365 right now, I'm seeing like evens. I mean, it's probably good for a small stake at evens or if you like want to look into the alts, alternate lines maybe. Um, for like a couple more tackles, like over two and a half at four. Um, at the offshores, you've got over two and a half at five. So I, I, I like him for a couple tackles. Anything above evens, probably you can take a little nibble at the two plus tackles um, and, and ladder it up. Um, 37 tackles in the last head to head. So there's definitely opportunity there. Um, 34 tackles is the main line in this match. He also had three tackles, not only in that France game last match where he didn't start, but he also had three tackles, uh, last game against the Croatians. Um, probably a lot of dangling balls, loose balls, players trying to dribble, things like that in a third place game, I would imagine. So, um, I, I kind of like it in the narrative way too. And there's just good comps. If you look at the players, uh, midfielders against Croatia, more than half of them have hit in the, well, more than half of them have hit in this World Cup. So uh, he gets in a lot of ground duels, and I fancy Amala for the tackles. Yep. All right. Good stuff, mate. We'll uh, we'll lock those in. And and yeah, for myself, I <clears throat> I've already bet over two and a half goal. I think that yeah, I think we'll just historically a, a game where there's lots of goals, and I think it just takes one early goal i think kind of all the you know changes too that potentially could happen could open up things a bit more like especially for morocco like they've been known for their defensive wall you take out a few guys potentially and it could really you know really break down their system a bit more and we saw that they can play with the ball at their feet too against france they look tremendous especially at the start of the first half so uh, second half sorry um, so I think, you know, if either team goes up one goal, I think um, it could really open things up and it could get quite a, 
quite an entertaining game. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't steer anyone off over two and a half goals. I just think, um, as George said, historically, I don't know what was the stat of how many times it goes over two and a half goals. Uh, I believe ten of the last. I'm pretty sure it's ten of the yeah ten of the last eleven. Yeah. Of, uh, of these fixtures have gone over, with the exception being the last one when Belgium beat England two nil. Yeah. So yeah, I mean. People might say that's a bit of an anomaly, but I think it kind of lends itself to the game, you know, not really the most, well, not the most important game, you could say. So, yeah. All right, let's go to the big one, the final. Argentina versus France. Argentina at 2.84, the draw at 3.09, and France at 2.85, you know, literally a 50-50 match, which is, you know, you never really <laughs> ever see this in in anything, let alone a World Cup final. Um, over-unders at 2.0. I think both teams, as we've talked about, showed their frailties in the semifinals, especially France, probably. Morocco knocking on, knocking on their door the whole second half, basically. I think they were pretty lucky not to concede at least one goal. Um, and, yeah, as we said, Argentina rode their luck a little bit in the first half versus Croatia. Uh, I'll start with you, Paul. From a <clears throat> From a tactical standpoint, how do you see this game Playing out, I don't think either team really, especially France, have like this defined style that you know you're going to get from them every game. So, how do you think it'll yeah play out in terms of who might dominate possession and where it plays out on the pitch? Yeah, the possession I think is more of a toss-up, and it's more because of the game state. And the reason I say is it's toss-up is because I like the goals here. Uh, probably not like the most popular thing pick for a finals match, things like that. But when you look at the attacking talent on display for, for both these sides, and you look at probably how vulnerable both the defenses have looked, can look at certain stages in this world cup. uh, I like to over two at 1.86. That's my like main liquid play on this game. Um, if you wanted to have like a little nibble at like over 2.75 at 2.97, I, w- I wouldn't probably uh, stray anyone away from that either. And the reason for me is like, I think one goal probably cracks this thing open. Um, there, neither team is the team that will probably just sit back, you know, sit back and take it if one, if one goal goes in from the other team. Um, so in the, in the possession terms, it's just for me, whoever scores first is going to have less possession that in terms of the possession and how the game state's going to flow. But for me, with the attack, I mean, Mbappe, Drew, all the guys that France can bring off the bench, Dembele, Messi, everybody knows these guys. I mean, I, I just, I, I see two goals in this game minimum for a push there at 1.86. I personally rate France a little bit better than Argentina. And I, like I went through the comps um, actually for both of these teams in the semifinal preview. So you can look back at that and kind of see where the comps are, but just based on my ratings of the players in the comps, I have France a little bit better. So if you want to look at like a 1.95 at pinnacle, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, get any. Draw no better, I assume you mean. Yeah. 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 Zero draw no better. at, at whatever I think Pinnacle was at 1.95 last I looked. Yeah, they're at 1.95. Um, I, I couldn't stray anybody away from that one either. Um, but yeah, my my main bet here on the liquid markets would be the goals. And then if you want a like smaller bet on the liquid markets, I could also endorse France uh, zero at 1.95. 
And like, if you want to get like risky, like if you're going over 2.75 at 2.97 for a little tickle, like I also, France has won, I, th- I think with their first team, they've won like three of four or four or five first halves now in this tournament. So France first half at 3.88. I mean, if you want a little tickle at that too, um, I've got some props for this one, but I'm super interested to hear what you guys think on the liquid markets. Cause I, I, I really like the goals here. Yeah, I'll throw it over to you, George. What are you thinking, mate? Are you going to, as Paul would say, are you going to have a little tickle anywhere, mate? I am going to have a little <laughs> tickle, Alex. Yeah, I am. No, I'm making up for it. So I've got, yeah, two picks that um, I quite like for, for this one, one being a prop play. Um, th- this final has kind of got everything you want, really. I, I am looking forward to it. And there's a lot of history to be made as well. You know, France, obviously, into the final for the second time in a row. Um, and if they win, they'd be the first side since uh, Brazil with back in 1962 to, to win back-to-back World Cups. So, yeah, history on the line. Um, but I think it's a real nice clash stylistically as well in, in terms of principles. You've got Didier Deschamps, who is a manager. You look at the talent, just the sheer embarrassment of riches he has and the talent that he has at his disposal. Yet, he doesn't, to a certain degree, he'll allow them to you know, express themselves and do what they want to do. But he's very principled. He's got how he wants to play. He's got how his team wants to play and the players need to cater to that. Which I feel with Argentina, it's, it's almost kind of the opposite. The play, you know, you want, you want, Scaloni will want the side to go out and express themselves doing what they do best rather than necessarily, of course, he'll have a system, but the players that he has at his disposal can just do something at the drop of a hat. So I think stylistically, it's, it's going to be quite an interesting one. I really do. Um, you know, you've already mentioned it before. You've got Messi and Kylian Mbappe both PSG teammates going head to head, both in the running for the golden boot and, and the golden ball as well. Uh, and that's that's neck and neck, I think, that in terms of goals scored, they're both, they're both scored five, but um, Lionel Messi's got one more assist. And if somehow, you know, this this ends and uh, Mbappe does get that assist, it, I think I, I saw somewhere, it goes down to minutes played and whoever's played the least minutes will, will win the golden the golden boot. That's how it works. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's incredibly tight. I- I but, thought that, like, wouldn't the fairest way to do? I know people are probably going to hate me because they don't want because they love Messi. But like, non maybe non penalty goals would uh, taking out all the the penalty goals and going that way because I mean well, it's you obviously can't do that because then that's 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 like saying penalties don't count. Like, of course they count. Yeah, but they're not them. as they're not as I mean they're not as they're, they're a lot easier to score, aren't they? Than than an open play goal. I'm sure it's in your man, Tim Cahill, used to love a penalty. Would you be taking those away? Mate, on the head every day <laughs> of the week. Come on, don't don't reduce him to a penalty. <laughs> oh, but um, but yeah, I think kind of going back to this one, I've I do have this more around 50-50. I know you sort of said you slightly favour France. I I really do think it's 50-50. And so for me, there's no value in backing either of them to to lift the trophy outright. Um, I saw that at the best price of around 10 to 11 or 1.91. So there's no value in that for me. There's been rumours as well, it's slightly concerning whether it um, you know, it kind of impacts this game or not, we'll see. But um, Adrian Rabio, Dio Upamecano, Kingsley Coman have apparently been unwell in the lead-up to this. Um, so Deschamps, he might have to feel some of his other squad players. And we saw when they do rotate, we saw against Tunisia, that they, they did kind of struggle. But I don't think that will necessarily have too big of a say on this. And, you know, it's a World Cup final. The best players are going to be available, aren't they? So... But no, in terms of my picks, the prop play I quite like. It's, it's a bit of a peculiar one. Um, but it's actually going on team offsides. And I was so surprised to see Argentina offsides, two plus Argentina offsides at 8 to 11. It was priced at 8 to 13 on Unibet and I think lower everywhere else. But 
They've been caught offside at least twice in four of their six matches and, and they do like to exploit space in behind. Um, but I do think this France back line is, is quite shrewd. Um, they, they can be got at, but they will leave gaps. It will be tempting for Argentina. We saw how many times we see Julian Alvarez try and break those lines with those brims. We've seen Messi do it time and time again. There's going to be a lot of passes coming in deep from the likes of Enzo Fernandez, Rodrigo de Paul. Um, and yeah, I think it looks quite good, particularly if France do take the lead and Argentina then left chasing the game. I, I think that just makes this even more likely. Uh, five of France's opponents, they've been caught offside. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I do think that Argentina will get caught offside at least twice, if not more. I quite liked offsides when France played Morocco and it was just every other minute it felt like there was an offside being called. It was it was great to see and the way France played then, it was kind of inviting it. So I, I think for my first prop player, yeah, that, that 8 to 11, it definitely stood out for me. Um, kind of moving on though, Argentina obviously able to rest a number of key players when they played against Croatia. Um, I know they conceded twice against the Netherlands late, we all remember that, but they did make a number of changes to key personnel prior to those two goals going in. And I think a lot of people overlook the likes of Rodrigo de Paul, uh, Fernandes, and just how important they are to that side. You know, Alvarez and Messi, they steal the limelight. Of course they do. You know, they're the ones getting the goals. But the work that these guys do in midfield, it shouldn't be underrated. Next, when you watch Argentina, just look at, look at them and look at the way they move. Look at the, the positions they take up, what they put in. It's, it's vital to their success. It really is. Um, and with it... I've just bigged up France's defence, I think, in terms of offside. But in terms of actually defending and against goal-scoring chances, I'm not so sure. They've conceded in five of their six matches. And you mentioned earlier, they, they kept that first clean sheet against Morocco. But for me, I felt Morocco mm. were desperately unlucky not to get on the score sheet. They had they had them shaken at some points. I mean, Morocco football was, was fantastic. And they'll be in, they were incredibly unfortunate not to have got on the score sheet. But now they're coming up against Argentina with the likes of Lionel Messi and Julian Alvarez. It's, it's a whole different kettle of fish. And yes, it will be a tense match, but we've got two of the best attackers in world football on show and obviously with the other players around them as well. And I just think both sides have got what it takes to get on the score sheet. Um, obviously, it's the biggest football match on the planet. And similar to what you said earlier, backing goals can always be a bit risky in a final. But I do just feel the way that I'm expecting these two teams to line up, the way I'm expecting to play out, I think, getting over even money on both teams to hit the back of the net is, is value. And 21 to 20 on Unibet for both teams to slot, it seemed like a good pick to me. Yeah, I, I agreed with what yeah kind of Paul said too. With I feel like once one team scores, the game could really open mm. up. Because I think both of yeah. both these teams have shown Argentina, when they've been up, when they were up 2-0 against both Australia and Netherlands, they just... They didn't look very solid in a low block. And then on the other hand, France, I don't know. I mean, this is just, it's it's uh, it's typical Didier Deschamps, like to to be up 1-0 against Morocco and like looking, looking mm. good, like not really threatened at all in the first half and then come out in the second half and sit back. It was just like, and they didn't look great. I mean, Morocco should have scored. They just, they essentially invited Morocco into that game. So... Yeah, no, I, I like that. I like the angle from from both of you there. I think there's a there's a good chance that one goal goes in. It feels like a very much like a nil nil or like an over, you know, two and a half kind of. Yeah. If it's if it's not, if it's it's either going to finish nil nil or if there's, I feel like if there's one goal, there could be yeah, yeah. quite a few. I just goals. I just think there's going to be a number of, of battles here. You know, obviously, you look from a France perspective, they're going to have to contain those runs. They're going to have to contain the likes of Messi and his creativity. 
and make sure he's not allowed any space. But then from Argentina's perspective, they need to keep killing Mbappe quiet, which is a task in itself. But Antoine Griezmann has been at another level this tournament. He's against Morocco. He was absolutely everywhere. The positions he picks up. So there's so many different little battles in this in this match. You know, it just feels like it. If one player switches off, that could be it. That could be that moment. You know, so yeah, for me, I, I do think there could be a for me at least a couple of goals. But I just think both teams will find a a way of hitting the back of the net. I think at least they'll create a number of chances against one another. So yeah, I'd I'd have this probably priced maybe even at around ten to eleven. So above evens for me, it represents some value, and I, I really like that pick. Yeah, do, do you see Paul any any matchups around the park that either team could exploit? I mean, there's like the classic, you know, Mbappe versus whoever the right back is or whatever. But do you, like I, I look at like the the like the midfield battle and the you know France's attack versus Argentina's defense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I can't really think of any places on the pitch where there seems to be like a huge edge for anyone other than like. If like Mbappe got isolated with Otamendi or something like that, that's the only one I could really think of. Yeah, if I if I was Deschamps, I'd be trying to like almost invert the wingers here and get them in behind the center backs. Is where I'd try I'd be trying to get them from the outside to in behind the center backs, um, uh, almost like that. Uh, like Tim Weah did for that USA goal when uh, against uh, Wales. Uh, when Christian Pulisic had the through ball where the attacker comes from the side and he's just almost running across the back line uh, to try to test the pace of the center backs. I'd say that's probably your best bet. Yeah. If you're, if you're getting like Mbappe or uh, Dembele, like in behind tr- running, running in behind an Otamendi, like, yeah, you're You're going to have an advantage or even a Romero. You're going to have an advantage there um, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, probably that's probably the tactically the biggest advantage on the pitch, I'd say, just probably the pace. But then again, if he does, if Deschamps doesn't have them playing that way in Giroud's in the middle, I think they could probably. I mean, this could, this could I could come back to eat my words here, but I think those center backs would probably have a better time dealing with somebody of Giroud's style than that that pace if they, if they ended up getting caught one on one. Um, so so it really just depends how like tactically Deschamps wants to play that. So it's just more of a guessing game. But in terms of tactical advantages, like for our props, I've got a couple here on the players. Di Maria has been uh, like a sub in the past few games. If he happened to get a start here, I love the under 35 and a half passes uh, currently available at bet 365. Um, I think he's only hit this once this tournament in three or four matches. I can't remember whether he's played three or four, uh, but that was only against Poland, uh, who who uh, conceded uh, 73% possession to an Argentinian side that was leading for like 45 minutes of the game or something. So just incredible. Um, so I, I like the under there. You've probably got a sub angle where he could maybe sub and he's been subbing when he started. Um, I, I don't expect him to start, but I, I do think that's an edge. Like bet three six five, um, it, it's an automatic void if he doesn't start. So they're, they're, you know, uh, and, and then I also like Teo Hernandez for under forty eight eight and a half passes at bet three six five. Uh, also at one point eight three, uh, off offshore you can actually get under forty nine and a half still at uh, one point eight six. Um, you can baseline Kunde there, who's also at 48 and a half passes at like all the providers. Uh, but the thing about Kunde is he's probably he, he he gets more passes consistently because 
he, he's, he's playing more of a th- almost three-headed center back when they're in with the ball and Hernandez gets a lot further forward. So I also like him under the passes there. It's great comps against the Argentinians uh, for left backs, for left backs passes. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's so high up the pitch that I th- just think that's a real tactical advantage, especially, um, uh, you know, especially obviously if France f- score first and have less of the possession. Um, the other one I like though for this game on on the total tackles market uh, over thirty four and a half at bet three six five at one point eight three you can shop around a little bit there um, I'm not exactly sure where the other providers are priced um, because that one just opened you know pretty recently there at three six five but I also you could ladder that up for over thirty seven and a half at two point seven five and over forty three and a half at eight. Argentina has hit this line in five of their six matches in the World Cup and France has hit this line in three of three of six matches in the World Cup. One of the reasons I really like the line is because I don't think the game state matters at all. No matter who goes in front, both teams are very good protagonists when it comes to creating the tackles. I just see it, see everybody nipping in. Uh, you know, you know, you're going to have like Alvarez or Messi, uh, you know, sprinting out wide to create space for the Argentinians. And you can look at like Teo or the right back for France having a couple tackles, maybe if it's Koundé. And then similarly, you're going to have like Mbappe and Dembele running at the fullbacks for Argentina. You can see tackles there, but I can also see tackles in, in the middle of the park. So I, I really like this one, no matter who scores first. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be going for, for the tackles line here also. All right. Good stuff. I love it, fellas. Um, yeah, either way, it's a very, uh, very competitive match. Be uh, interesting to see who lifts the cup. And there's all the narratives around Messi too. So I'm sure, I think if, if you were uh, looking to back France, for example, I think you're probably maybe better off waiting a little bit because I think that people could get sucked up with the whole Messi narrative. And yeah, you could potentially maybe get over-evens on France. Uh, as you get closer to game time, I, most people I've heard, you know, from kind of like see it 50 50 or they see like a slight edge for France. But um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, fellas. It'll be a cracking game. Either way, uh, we'll start with you first, George, for best bets, mate. What's your, uh, out of all the games over the weekend, what's your favorite? Ooh, well, I'm going to go with one. <laughs> I've got one game I'm going with. Um, well, mate, there's the third place playoff. How would you forget? Yeah, but I've got no picks for that. That would be an enjoyable one, but I won't be having anything <laughs> on it. And I wish you the best of luck with your over 2.5. However, Thanks, my, my best pick, I think I'll go with the prop play. Two plus Argentina offsides. I just think the runners they brought it behind and potentially with how the games it could be, um, even if it is kind of you know a very tight occasion initially, just think stylistically, I think Argentina could be primed for offsides and mm. them to get two or more at eight to 11 on Skybet when they're priced much lower everywhere else. Uh, that presents a good bet for me. So yeah, I'll go with two plus Argentina offsides. Love it, mate. And, uh, and for you, Paul. It's funny, Alex, I was going to actually uh, make your dreams come true and go for the third place playoff pick. But unfortunately the Amala price, as I referenced, has dropped, uh, you know, <laughs> since we started recording. So I'm not going to, if it was still the 2.7, I would have put it up, but I'm not going to put it up for my best bet now. I'm going to do for, I'll, I'll go liquid, one liquid market, one prop over two at 1.86. I, I'll, t- I'll take that one to the grave if it loses, but uh, I like that one. And uh, 
Teo Hernandez is going to be my other one for under 48 and a half, Pat. Under 48 and a half for the Europeans at 1.83. If you're in America or wherever else, you can get some offshores under 49 and a half at 1.86. Uh, that's what I like for my best bets. Love it, mate. And I'll throw it over two and a half for preferred playoffs, playoff game. At, I think it's 1.94 at the moment at Pinnacle. Not sure if you can get better elsewhere, but yeah, I think. Uh, more often than not, that'll uh, that'll land for us in the third place playoff. Uh, that's it, fellas. Thanks very much, everyone, for for following along for the whole tournament. It's been uh, it's been tremendously uh, challenging at times, especially during <laughs> the, during the uh, group stage. It was uh, very very tiring, but the last couple of weeks have been quite enjoyable. Uh, with the with the finals coming around, but uh, yeah, thank you to everyone for listening and and uh, commenting throughout the streams. It's been it's always good fun. It can be quite tiresome, as I just said, but uh, yeah. Now I'm going to uh, get my violin out in a second. Are you all right? Like, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm never doing a live stream again after this. You but, should have um, heard the shit he was giving me the one day I called out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I mean, it got it got so bad that at one point I did one by myself. I just can't believe that actually happened. That, <laughs> that actually <laughs> happened. I sat here and talked about the World Cup by myself for 30 minutes. I think my missus thought I was going insane. But, uh, Should have got her on. Should have much more uh, better insight than I would. But, yeah, most of all, thanks for, uh, yeah, George, Paul, Neil, Ryan, Tony. Uh, yeah, appreciate you guys coming on so much. It's uh, yeah, wouldn't be able to do it without you fellas. So uh, thanks very much for your contributions, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see you all around once again for another World Cup or a Euros or whatever football comes on in the future. I'm sure we'll uh, have you on. So yeah, thanks very much for your contributions, fellas. You can find George on Twitter at C George Gamble, um, and you can find Paul at Fainting the Line. But uh, yeah, any any parting words, fellas, before we we call it quits on the tournament? Uh, it's been real. Enjoyed it. Cheers, Alex. Up the goals. Up the goals. Up the goals. There we go. Love it. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please make sure you do a quick rate and review as always, and subscribe to us wherever you listen. If you're on the stream, still listening to my ramble, give it a like. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today on the podcast, especially the value betting ones, start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports. Cheers, fellas, and we'll see you around soon. Cheers, guys.